0: And welcome to the latest episode of the Just and the Suffering Podcast. Featuring New York sports talk and long-suffering fan. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. I got a good podcast for you this week. I'm going to be talking New York Giants football. I know last week we had Russell Baxter on. I meant to get to the Giants. I did not. My bad. Make it up to you guys, Giants fans. we am going to talk to Jerry Foley of the Giants Insider Podcast. We will talk the head coaching search, Dave Galvin's job as GM, what the Giants should do this offseason, what they could do in the draft. All that good stuff with Jerry coming up in just a bit. I'll also be doing NFL picks for the divisional round with Joe D'Aluizio. I had a decent week last week. I went 2-2 two and two on the picks. We'll look to do better going forward into the divisional round with Joe. also going to end the show this week with a lost segment from the holiday special. Those of you who remember that holiday special, the longest podcast I ever put out. It was about two and a half hours. There was one more segment that did not make the cut due to some technical issues. I have done some behind-the-scenes work. I've restored it to its original glory. That will be a bonus gift for you guys at the end of the podcast. have the two-minute drill this week. Make sure you stick around for this week's opening tip where we will recap the wildcard action in the NFL in just a bit. But first, I want to take a moment to thank the sponsor of this week's episode of the Just and the Suffering podcast. And those are our friends over at Podcorn. What is Podcorn, you might ask? It's a marketplace connecting podcasters like myself to a ton of tremendous sponsorship opportunities like this hostry advertisement interview segments, topical discussions, and more. I was recently looking to find a way to be connected to a marketplace like this, to be connected to advertisers, and I signed up for Podcorn recently. It made a task of finding sponsorships, which is never easy. It made it very simple. You just sign up on their website and browse the marketplace to find a sponsor that's the best match for you and your audience. The best part of this whole thing, there's absolutely no middleman. So you can negotiate with anyone without being locked into exclusive contracts or giving up the rights to your podcast. Podcorn makes all this possible and is there to help you every step of the way. Be sure to click on the link in our show notes to visit Podcorn.com and start exploring your own sponsorship opportunities today. Cousins throws, passes,
1: caught for the win. Kyle Rudolph and the Vikings are moving on.
0: All right, we are back with this week's opening tip. That call is her courtesy of Fox Sports' Joe Buck down in the Superdome in New Orleans. Kyle Rudolph with the touchdown there, the walk-off win for the Vikings who beat the Saints, and we'll move on to take on the San Francisco 49ers in Santa Clara this coming Saturday. And the first round of the playoffs was a lot of fun. It was fantastic stuff, guys. I enjoyed a lot of this. Let's go game by game here. We'll start with the Bills-Texans on Saturday afternoon in that annual AFC South team hosts the 4:30 Saturday playoff game on ESPN. That game was insane, folks. The amount of craziness that happened here. My goodness. I knew this game was going to be nuts when the first score came on a Josh Allen touchdown catch. Not even a pass. A catch from John Brown. The Bills race out a 16-0 lead. Then we get to the half. We have the bizarre thing with the kickoff second half where the Texan returner flags the basically waves his arms like he's doing the safe sign for baseball umpires, saying, I'm not coming out, drops the ball in the end zone, after he heads it. The refs initially ruled that the Bills get a touchdown there. I'm like, what's going on here? This makes no sense. And correctly, they overturn it. But this game was completely defined by the absolute lunacy that these two teams had making decisions. Going down the stretch, I mean, Josh Allen himself added about 5,000 weird variables to this football game because Josh Allen, he made some good plays. He caught a touchdown pass, led another scoring drive, but Josh Allen in this game did some really, really, really strange stuff. Let's relive the Josh Allen experience and all here. Thanks to Danny Heifetz on Twitter, Danny underscore Heifetz. In this game, Josh Allen had the longest run of the Bills' season, caught a touchdown pass, became the first quarterback to do both of those things, fumbled while diving sideways, fumbled without the ball being touched, lost 43 yards on two plays, fumbled laterally on purpose, and got the Bills to overtime. Let's touch on the last couple of those for a moment and let that all sink in for a second, how crazy this game was with Josh Allen. With the Bills and Texans tied at 16, the Texans go down, kick the field goal, grab the 19-16 lead. Here comes Buffalo down the field. Josh Allen gets the Bills to the within the Houston field goal range area. He gets sacked on one intentional grounding play. They lose 10 yards. It's a fourth and 24. The Bills for some reason decide to go for this which I didn't understand They had all three timeouts. There's no shot they're going to make it. He sprints straight backwards, loses another 20 yards, set the Texans up for what could be a go-ahead field goal. Then the Texans try and build the clock, force the Bills to burn their timeouts. Doesn't work. They get to fourth and one at the Buffalo 30-yard line. Instead of going for the kick to make it a touchdown margin, Bill O'Brien says, you know what? I'm going for the win. We're gonna sneak this. We're gonna get the VR, we We're gonna win the football game. Doesn't happen. They get stuffed short. Bills go down. Then we have this weird play on the first thing where Josh Allen scrambles out of the pocket with a minute left on the clock, gets tackled, and says, "You know what? I'm gonna throw the ball backwards to one of my players. See if they can get the rest of the way." It goes out of bounds, fortunately for the Bills. And at that point, we are in full-on what the hell's going on out here? mode with this game. We have a first-down catch from Cole Beasley. It looked like it was short, but the refs let them go on. They go to overtime. The Bills can't score. The Texans get the ball, and they get a miraculous play out of Sean Watson who slips out of a sack, spins out, hits running back Tywan Jones on a third and six, and Tywan Jones gets the first down and more, sets him up for the game-winning field goal. This game was so awful to watch. It was so bad. It was atrociously bad football. It was like so bad it's good. That's what this game was like. Bill O'Brien's still an awful coach. He had no business winning that football game. But the Bills basically said, you know what? You can have this one. We're not comfortable with this. We're not ready to advance yet. You can have it. The Bills' year was strange. Josh Allen's night, which we said in a tweet earlier by Danny Heifetz, that was strange. The Bills, I have promise... Troy Moriel on the podcast last week compared to the 2009-2010 Jets, which had the great defense, the good running game, and the young quarterback who made plays. As I said at the time, I think there was a big difference in what they were doing on the field between Mark Sanchez and Josh Allen. And that was proven out today. Josh Allen made some plays, showed you why he could be the answer for the Bills. Also very frustrating with the weird decision-making, the fumbles, the weird lateral of the a minute and four to go. All that going on, that's not great. And think about the symmetry for the Bills this year. The Bills start this season bl- coming back from a 16-0 lead at MetLife Stadium and the Jets blow the game. How they end their season? They blow a 16-0 lead on the road in a wild card game. Funny how the NFL come full circle like that. Let's go to Pat's Titans next, which is the headlining story of the weekend. New England is out. I'll admit, I picked Tennessee last week on the podcast. I took the points. But I was not confident we would actually win the game. I figured this is, you know, they'll play them close. They'll run the ball well. The Patriots could going to go down late, kick a field goal advance, and probably get smoked by Kansas City. Never in a thousand years I think that they were going to go into that building and actually beat the Patriots. This was a game where Derrick Henry literally took over the football game. Right before the half, he, on the two-minute drill drive, went 75 yards down the field by himself, basically. One long run, screen catch, touchdown. That put the Titans up for good. They would never get that lead back. Derrick Henry was great, and it's a rarity for a Bill Belichick was to not be able to take away the one thing that your team really wants to do. We saw that last year in the ASC title game when he took Tyreek Hill away from the Chiefs. We saw him in the Super Bowl last year when he dared the Rams to throw and they couldn't do it. The Titans' offense is Derrick Henry. The Patriots couldn't stop him. That's a problem. Also of note here with the Patriots, their offense, as I've said before, they can't score points. They have major issues on offense. And Bill Belichick knows they have major issues on offense. Twice in this game, he made decisions to play it safe because he did not trust his offense to get the job done. Early in the game, on a fourth- And goal from the two yard line, right before the half. Fourth and goal from about a yard and a half. He decides to kick the field goal to make it a 13-7 lead. Instead of going for the touchdown, which could put them up ten and possibly change how the Titans play this game. He did that. That was concerning. The other one in the fourth quarter, on fourth and three, from their 37, down a point. And they have not moved the football all day. Bill punted the football at Titans. That is something I've never seen him do in recent years. That's just an admission that his offense stinks. And he knows they can't gain three yards. They do not have enough talent on that offense. Makes you wonder what's going to happen with Tom Brady in the future. Because the way it is set up, Tom Brady's contract automatically voids the end of the year. He can't be franchise tagged. He's going to be a free agent. For the first time, truly unrestricted at 42. So, does he want to go back and finish his career in New England? You know he's not going to go out on a pick six, which is what his last pass in New England very well could be. He's going to play somewhere next year. Is it in New England? Is it in Los Angeles with the Chargers? Does Josh McDaniels get a job and Brady Follum wherever he goes? Remains to be seen, but... I a very real possibility here that the dynasty has died. And... This is fantastic for the rest of the league. The dynasty is dead. We've said this before at the Patriots. It's You can never bury them. You can't dance on their grave. Everything comes to an end. And we saw the end on Saturday night in Foxborough. The Patriots, for the first time in almost a decade, are not going to the AFC title game. They are getting very old. Josh McDaniels is probably leaving for a coaching job. They have a bunch of free agents that have to make decisions to probably move on. McDaniels, if he goes They coaches with him. The reign of terror in New England over this league is over. Now, they might still be good, but the years of them being basically mortal locks to go for the Super Bowl, I think, are done. And that's great for the rest of the league. It's great for the East and my team in particular, which, yes, Buffalo is good. Yes, Miami's improving. But it'll be a more fair fight than having to go against the Evil Empire time and time again. Let's go on to Sunday with the Saints and the Vikings. And if you are a Saints fan, you have my pity. What a disappointing finish for the Saints team that looked like the best team in the league at times this year. That entered the final week of the season with a shot at home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs. Not a great shot, but a shot. They lose some tiebreakers. they don't having to play the Vikings. Vikings beat them 26 20 in overtime on the Coley Hearth at the top of the segment with Joe Buck calling the touchdown from Kyle Rudolph. And let's be honest, the Saints got screwed again by the officials. By any definition in the rulebook. Kyle Rudolph pushes off the corner. That is textbook offensive pass interference. And the refs not only didn't bother calling it, they didn't bother even looking at it. You have Al River on after the game saying, oh, you know, we took a quick look. It didn't rise to the level of clear pass interference. That's not going to work, folks. It just won't. The Saints last year, got screwed on the Nickel Roby Coleman P.I. that was not called and cost him a trip to the Super Bowl. If the OPI is called, the Vikings get another shot. They probably kick a field goal New Orleans has a chance to go back in this game. The refs took it away from him again. It's disappointing for sure. The Saints should not have been in overtime, though. The Saints lost this game because they could not stop Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook dominated the football game Made things very easy for Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins finally, finally for you Viking fans, gets the big, big win in a big, big spot. And you had a good feeling about this game throughout here, Viking fan. The moment you felt great was the bomb to Adam Field in overtime to put it down at the two-yard line. It was a perfect throw by Kirk Cousins. Probably the best throw he's made as a Viking. And they go on now to San Francisco. They go to take on the 49ers who... Right now, New world is out probably sitting there doing happy dance to themselves saying, boy, we don't get Seattle for a round, and we get to have home field for the two out the Super Bowl with that possibility of Drew Brees coming in here. Sign me up. And speaking of those Seahawks, they went to the Eagles. This game was basically over the second Carson Wentz went out. Carson Wentz gets a concussion. Not a dirty play by any means, just unfortunate. He's out for the game. Great for old friend of the Jets, Josh McCown. Gets to play in a playoff game, but they had no shot in this game. They're too banged up. Without a potential difference maker, quarterback, and Wentz, it was not going to have it? Credit to the Seahawks, who twice this year grind out 17-9 wins in Philadelphia and are 6-0 in the Eastern time zone. Good for them, but you still have reasons to worry. DK Metcalf does have a big game, but they don't have a lot of weapons on offense. They just don't. The running game is decimated to the point that Marshawn Lynch came out of retirement, and Travis and, Homer, and uh, Homer Travis Homer whatever his name is the backup running back there is getting a lot of work. The defense is average; they were not really tested, but the offensive line got pushed around by Fletcher Cox and company. That's going to be a problem going to Green Bay, which has a very formidable defense, and they do have passers who make Russell Wilson's life hard. Russell Wilson is the only reason why the Seahawks are still in this season. He's been. An MVP candidate. He lost the award late when he slumped and Lamar took over, but I know Packer fans are terrified of the idea of Russell Wilson going into their building and beating them. It's it's a decent shot that could happen because Russell Wilson is that kind of postseason legend that Tom Brady started out his career as. Wilson only has one Super Bowl so far. If he could bring this team to a second, imagine what that would do for his legacy. This team with so many guys hurt, it ain't average defense. At that point, Russell Wilson is carrying that football team. And I think it will be great. All right, this is Mike Phillips here, your host, coming to you from the future a little bit. Just saying, so you know, I spoke to Jerry Foley from the Giant Insider Podcast on Sunday night after the first round of playoff games is over. At that point, the top candidates for the Giants' job were – Mike McCarthy and Matt Rule, who have both since been hired. The Giants did not get a chance to hire McCarthy. He went to the Cowboys. Matt Rule was supposed to interview the Giants, but he instead goes to Carolina because the Giants have a head coach. They hired Joe Judge, the former Patriots special teams coordinator, to be the new head coach. We will talk more about this next week on the podcast. I will talk break down some of the coaching staff hires that they make Right now there's reports out there. It's recording on Tuesday morning that Jason Garrett's in the mix be the offensive coordinator here. And you can see how the staff shakes out. Touch on that more next week. But keep that in mind. I going to frame this for you as we do this interview with Jerry Foley that this was recorded before the coaching hires were made. So the giant coaching stuff, not exactly up to date, which I apologize for. But the rest of the interview is great, so Without further ado, let's get to our interview with Jerry Foley. Right after this call from the Giants' regular season finale, courtesy of Fox Sports' is Tom Brennan. Everybody's done a great job on that offensive staff for the Eagles this year. All right, now the Giants' turn to try and answer, and here's Saquon Barkley! And he is off to the races! The 30, the 20, Saquon for six! All right, we are back here on the Just End the Suffering podcast. Joining me on the line today to talk a little New York Giant football, starting in the market for a new head coach, is the co-host of the Giant Insider podcast and the editor of the Giant Insider newspaper, Jerry Foley. Jerry, welcome. How are you?
1: Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm doing great.
0: I'm glad to hear you're doing great. Glad to have you on here to talk some Giant football. I'm on the other side of the fence, obviously, as a Jet fan. So as a Giant yep. fan, I'm going to ask you, like, what was your big takeaway from the 2019 season as a whole?
1: Wow, that's a tough one. Um, I, I think as a whole, I agreed with ownership that, and I, I think this was how ownership felt, I, I, I agree with them that they were not a 4-12 and team. I mean, our prediction early on in the season was this was a 7-9 and outfit, maybe 8-8. and There were a ton of games they could have won. Uh, Arizona Jets, one of the Cowboy games, one of the Eagle games. They need a lot more um, in terms of talent go so in, in terms of talent but i feel like they could have been coached better and they weren't as bad as their record so the takeaway is they underachieved um greatly but because they made the coaching change and because they had a high draft pick i do think that uh better days are ahead for the Giants franchise as a whole
0: I would agree with that. I I also agree that it was probably time for Pat Shermer to go. Did you feel like that they made the right choice to keep Dave or You think he should have gone too?
1: Well, it's tough, right? He found Daniel Jones at six, which was very bold. And to make that pick, he really did buck the trend. I mean, everybody laughed at him at the draft. I was at the draft in Nashville when the Giants made that pick. Uh, the other media members, everybody just ridiculed the Giants. He also found, you know, guys like... You know, Dexter Lawrence in the first round, um, O'Shane is in the third. He made the trade for Odell, which brought back some draft picks. Found Darius Slayton in the fifth, Ryan Connolly in the fifth. So, look, if you make the argument that last year Saquon wasn't if, – if you wanted the best player of the draft, they took Saquon Barkley. That was kind of a no-brainer. Then he took Will Hernandez, B.J. Hill. He missed on a lot of free agents. But because of the fact that he found Daniel Jones – I don't mind they gave him another year. I really thought they could have gone either way. I thought it, I thought it was a 50-50 shot that he was back. You know, uh, if they flipped the coin and said come back, I, you know, not that they were that flippant about it, but I understand why he came back and that two years is not enough for a GM to turn everything around.
0: Yeah, I feel like he did do a good job getting talent into this team, and now he's helping to look for a new head coach. Of all the K's we've yeah. heard, who do you think would be the best fit for this job?
1: It's tough to say. Like, I'm not in on the interviews, right? And that's what coaching is so much harder to pick than players. Like, if you see free agents, like I just watched Devian Clowney kind of own the Eagles, right? Yeah. Now he didn't have a good year statistically, but that's a guy I would go after in free agency if the price was right. With coaches, it's so much harder because you don't know what kind of leader they're going to be. Like when they hired Pat Shermer, he was a good offensive coordinator, but as far as leading men, he he wasn't a good leader, right? I, I think the two guys that it's going to come down to are Matt Ro and Mike McCarthy. And the, the Cowboys just fired Jason Garrett. <coughs> Excuse me. So they might move quickly on McCarthy. But Matt Rule is a program changer, right? He made Temple relevant, turned Baylor around, has Giants ties, as they say. He was the offensive line coach or assistant offensive line coach in 2012. So I think it's between those two guys. But I, I can't tell you if Don Martindale or Eric the Enemy – or Chris Richard are good candidates or not? I, I just don't know. I just think it's going to be either McCarthy or Rule.
0: Yeah, you don't see anybody else sneaking into the outside. You maybe like Josh
1: McDaniels? Is sneaking into the mix? I mean, he's going to get a, he's going to get an interview now that they uh, now that they lost. Um, th- that, that's going to get moved up quicker. But you know, he co- he was a disaster in Denver. We were trying to think of coaches that have been bad one place and good and and kind of succeeded the other. And you know, obviously Belichick's one. Um, but as far as other coaches go, it's tough, like Pete Carroll maybe. But outside of that, I, I don't know of other coaches who have done that. So McDaniel will move up in the process, but I can't tell you if I would want him as a head coach. I don't know.
0: Yeah, but as you can see where they go here, let's talk a little about the team as a whole. Obviously, we talked about Daniel Jones before. I had Matt Verran from FanSide on after the draft when he got taken. He said he's talked to a scout who didn't think that he was a first-round pick. Obviously, this year, he think right. he proved the scout wrong. So what was your big uh, impression of watching Daniel Jones play this year?
1: his arm was stronger than people thought. Like I didn't love him in college either. I didn't watch a ton of him at Duke, but I watched enough of him because he played it. I watched his bowl game where he lit up temple, but temple lost their coach and, you know, they didn't have much of a defense going on, but I just, I didn't know how good he was because he didn't have NFL talent around him. So I think the surprise of Jones was how strong his arm is. He's incredibly accurate. Uh, He can he picked up the playbook quickly, smart kid, very mobile, yeah, you know, the issue with Jones is going to be his ability to hold onto the ball. I mean, that's that's where he has to improve, and that's what David Cutcliffe couldn't fix at Duke. So, overall, I, you know, I, I love that they drafted him in the in the in six overall. I think Gettleman got the last laugh with that one. So, just because he picked uh, Jones at six, I think Gettleman deserves another shot. And Giant fans have to be ecstatic with Jones. I mean, there's there's things to improve, but overall, I think they have a franchise quarterback.
0: Yeah, as far as the turnover thing goes, I I like it better that it's fumble. I feel like it's much easier to coach balance security than in terms of, like, making better decisions with the football, which I seems like the, the thing that works with the Jets and Darnold, because honestly, he makes weird decisions with the ball. Darnold, if Jones can hold the ball better, I feel like it's going to cut down a lot of the fumbles. And that should make, make him a lot better. Yeah, like, I order. think
1: Donald and Josh, Darnold and Josh Allen kind of have the same problem. Like, Do, Josh Allen, not as much with the picks, but, like, yesterday, that stupid fumble that he did, the lateral, like – I don't know how you shake a kid from that. Like, that's just a dumb play. Donald was a turnover machine at USC. I think he's gotten better with it. But, yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones, you don't really complain about the interceptions too much. You complain about the fact that he doesn't hold on to the ball with two hands when he gets hit. So he needs a little more pocket awareness, I think.
0: Yeah, I think he will. And he's got an interesting cast of weapons around him. I think, obviously, besides picking him, the biggest change for the Giants is the Odell Beckham trade. Now we've gone through a full year Seeing what they've gotten out of their return, seeing what happened with him in Cleveland, do you think they are more justified in that they dealt him now than they were at the time?
1: I love the trade when it happened because I mean I kept saying, Look, we can go three and thirteen, five and eleven without you, and they did. They went four and twelve. But I think you, you have to build the team from the inside out. Like I'm watching the Eagles today, and I hate the Eagles as a look, I we cover the Giants, but we're Giant fans, Chris and I. I'm watching the Eagles, and they're built from the inside out. Like, the offensive line and the defensive line are good. That's why the Eagles are good. I know Carson Wentz is good, but their receivers are nobodies, right? Their running backs are okay. Um, so you have to build a team from with the defensive line the offensive line, and the fact that they they got to roll peppers in return, who was a good safety for them, way better than Landon Collins, for like one-fourteenth of the price. And then you used your first-round pick on Dexter Lawrence, who's going to be a stud, and then a third-rounder on O'Shane Simenez, who could be a good player. Uh, he played at Old Dominion, so you know the jump to the pros was was a big jump. I like to trade when it happened, and I love it more now. And I don't know if, if you're still upset that Odell was traded. I just think you're you're just stubborn, and you're looking at you know the glitz and glamour of what he can bring to the position, and in New York rather than actually building a football team. Uh, like I said, in the trenches.
0: Yeah, that makes some sense. And could I I, point out before, I know a lot of Giants are not happy with Gettle in, but he did have a very good rookie class. I mean, Corey Ballantyne made a lot of plays. We said Darius Slayton. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of young pieces there that are interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, Ryan Connolly was one of the best finds they had. Unfortunately, he tore his ACL, um, I, think, I think it was week four. But he had a real good draft. Um, DeAndre Baker played better as the year went on. I think Ballantyne was out of position. Ballantyne was a good kick returner. I would have liked to see him more on the outside rather than in the slot. They kind of played him in the slot. But Julian Love in the fourth round, kid from Notre Dame who couldn't see the field all year, all of a sudden he's playing safety uh, when Peppers went down. And he looks like the future at safety. So you could have Peppers and Love back there with DeAndre Baker. Sam Beal finally got some time, but he's got to stay healthy. He was the supplemental pick from last year. You know, you, you just need better coaching, right? Like Will Hernandez should be better at left guard than he is. Um, BJ Hill and Lorenzo Carter should have taken that next step forward after having a good rookie year. So, yeah, I, I like the two rookie draft classes, to be honest with you. I just, his free agent moves have been, uh, you know, a lot of them have been less than stellar.
0: Yeah, one that, not a free agent move, the one move that my friends who are Giant fans have complained to me about is the Leonard Williams trade, where they gave up two draft picks yeah. for guys to be a free agent pending. Obviously, they saw Leonard for the last eight games of the year with the Giants. So, do you think that he's somebody they're going to try and go, like, move mountains to resign?
1: Well, they're going to have to resign him, or else they're going to look really stupid, right? Because they traded a third, and it becomes a uh, it, so it, it's a third this year, and then next year, if they don't resign him, it's a fifth. If they do, it's a fourth. Kademan's going to have to resign him because he traded for him when he, like you said, he, he was a free agent at the end of the year. I didn't like it when it happened. I don't love it now, but I will say Leonard Williams improved the run defense. And if you give him someone else to play with uh, on the front seven, he can be a very good player. Now, this is part of what I said before. If the Giants were better coached, I think the Giants could have won that division. (laughs) And I know that sounds crazy being four and 12, but if you beat the Eagles once and the Cowboys and Arizona and the Jets, and I know they're, you know, well, anybody can say that. The Giants were in every one of those games. and, And you could say they didn't have the right to lose some of them. The Lions game was another one. I think Gettleman looked at this roster and said, if I had Leonard Williams, we're still in this. So I'm going to make this move now. It was a bold move. I don't agree with it. I mean, if, if you ask me now, I wish it didn't happen, but it did. And now that he's here, you might as well sign him because he did improve your run defense. So,
0: Yeah, the thing with Leonard, I know people like me, I don't get frustrated with him because he doesn't put up the stats he should have as the sixth pick of the draft. But I mean, he's still a very yep. good player. He's just not what he was supposed to be when people say he's the best player in that draft.
1: Yeah, he was the best player coming out and he did drop to six. I remember and I think the Giants that was the, the, the Eric Flowers draft. I think the Giants were drafted ninth. You know, that was Brandon Scherf in that draft, Amari Cooper if I remember. So you know, I was in the dra- I was in the uh the press room for that one and when Leonard Williams was dropping, I was like, Oh man, is he gonna fall to nine? I think it was nine where Flowers was taken. And when they asked Reese, is he the guy you wanted if Leonard Williams fell, he said I'd rather not answer that question. So obviously everybody liked Leonard Williams. I mean Coming out of USC, he was the best player coming out of that draft. But yeah, he doesn't get to the quarterback. I mean, PFF has him as a a high grade, but you know, some of these analytics make you laugh. Like sacks mean something, not just quarterback pressure. So, I think he ended the year with like half a sack or something.
0: Yeah, it sounds about right. And obviously, he's a priority for them in the offseason. What else do you think that they really need to do in free agency this year?
1: Between the draft and free agency, you could argue that they need a center, a right tackle. I would say a left tackle, but they're probably going to move solder to right tackle. They're going to give that a shot. Or they give Nick Gates a shot. So they're going to, so put it this way, they're going to need two offensive linemen. They're going to need another D lineman, probably another edge rusher. And it depends on if they go to 4-3 or 3-4. They're going to get a new defensive coordinator. I hated their 3-4 defense because you don't have the linebackers for it. They're going to need another middle linebacker. They're probably going to need a slot corner. So that's six guys already. You're going to add a wide receiver. That's seven. Um, you know, maybe kicker because Aldrick Rosas is shaky. So look, between free agency and the draft, you're going to probably add eight or nine guys that you're going to need to contribute right away. So the, the school of thought with offensive linemen is you, you take him in the draft. I, I, you know, I don't know what the Giants are thinking of for. I think if Andrew Thomas is there, the kid from Georgia, he's the pick. But I, you have a feeling that Detroit's going to grab him. So if I'm the Giants in the draft, man, I, I trade down. And I know it's easier said than done. But when you have three teams directly behind you that arguably need a quarterback with the Chargers, the, the Panthers and the Dolphins, you can make that move and still get a guy like Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson, so
0: Yeah, I think they're in a prime spot to trade back John, because they have their quarterback. There are a lot of quarterback needy teams in like, right right around the area. You also got a team like, say, Indianapolis who needs a long term answer. They have extra second round picks. They you have first
1: round pick next year, like yeah, that's another team, right? Even the even the Raiders, right? I don't know what the Raiders are going to do with Derek Carr. I mean, I, you think they're going to stay with him, but they're kicking 12th and 18th. And if you know they love Justin Herbert, who's there at four, uh, who the hell knows what, what Gruden's capable of? But I, I understand if they took Andrew, if they took I think it's Andrew Thomas um, at four, if he was there. But if you have all these teams wanting quarterbacks, I mean, this is the year. You, like you said, this is the year you trade back, man.
0: Yeah, because this is the prime spot to be in because, I mean, they're sitting there. Yep. All the talent is basically in the middle of the first round after after Chase Young goes, and the Giants can get yeah. themselves multiple picks. That can get themselves better a lot faster. Yep. All right, uh, Jerry, thanks for all the time today. I really appreciate it. Before I let you go, do you want everybody to know how to follow you on social media and how to keep up with the Giant Insider Podcast?
1: Yeah, sure. It's at Giant Insider on Twitter. It's Chris Bisignano and myself. He's the beat writer. I'm the, uh, the editor of the newspaper. So we have a, a newspaper as well. It's www.thegiantinsider.com. And then the podcast we usually drop on Mondays and Thursdays during the season. And the off-season right now, we're just Mondays right now, and that's on all the major platforms.
0: Yeah, good. yeah give a shout-out to Chris uh, Bizzignano, too. I heard his interview with Evan Robertson, WFAN, last week. It was really, really good.
1: Yeah, he's famous now, Chris. That's good stuff.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff. Jerry, thanks for all the time. I really appreciate
1: it. All right, man. No problem.
0: All right, and there you have it. That was Jerry Foley from the Giant Insider Podcast talking about the Giant head coaching surge, what the Giants need to do going forward. Up next, show me the money, NFL picks for the divisional round of the playoffs with the great Joe D'Aloizio right after this. Show me the money. I took the Show me the money. <laughs> Jerry, that feel good just to say that? All right, show me the money! NFL picks for the divisional playoff round are here. Hard believe we only have seven more football games left for the season over and Not counting the Pro Bowl as a football game, it's just not. Join me in the studio today to talk some Green Bay Packer football. They are having a big game this week, and divisional round picks. The great Joe Daluisio, the host of the Sharp Cheddar Podcast. Joe, welcome. How are you, Mike? Thanks for hap- having me. Happy New Year! Always a
2: pleasure to be on. Uh- the Just End The Suffering Podcast.
0: Yeah, ha- Happy New Year as well. Cannot wait to do some picks. And I got to say, this first round was a lot of fun. You like the first round? It was like everything you could possibly want. You had like a completely off-the-rails game with the Bills-Texans. The Patriots went down, which is glorious. I mean, the Saints got screwed again, but that's another issue.
2: Yeah, I just thought overall it was kind of sloppy. Yeah. Like, it was exciting, but at the same time, it was it was sloppy on yeah. all
0: ends. Yeah. I think the best game of the of the week is probably the Saint Viking game.
2: Yeah, I think that was definitely the the best game. I thought the Seahawks Eagles game was was a dud, especially once Carson Wentz goes down, and the Seattle Seahawks didn't really dominate after that anyway. So, mm-hmm. I thought that was a dud. I mean, Bill O'Brien is just a terrible head coach. I don't know how he still has a job, <laughs> but somehow they're going on and going on. They're advancing and bill if you're a bills fan you're like you got to be heartbroken if you're a bills fan you got to be like what the hell's going on out here literally what is going on <laughs> it's like you josh allen made some great plays but let me tell you something when the pressure mounted and when the game was close down the stretch dude he melted like a popsicle i couldn't understand
0: what's going on that one play after they get the ball back and they stop on the fourth and one I mean, forget the fact that he got sacked twice in a row on third third and long and fourth and long to lose the ball. He gets the ball back, he's laddering behind him with a minute left in. It's not like the Stanford band play. He has no clock awareness. Bonehead. <laughs> Bonehead moves. Yeah. I'd, be, I'd honestly be
2: really concerned if I was a Bills fan with that decision-making. Yeah. Like, that just can't happen. And I don't know, maybe it's the benefit of the doubt that he's never been in that situation and he's trying to do everything he can to win the game. But, um... That's something to really
0: keep an eye out for the future because I I, yeah, I really think the Bills are a good team. Yeah, they are a good team. Yeah. Troy, Troy last week on the pick on the pick segment here compares the two thousand nine ten Jets. I disagree just on one thing. I said Mark Sanchez did a lot more in his first two years in the league than Josh Allen has.
2: Yeah, I just think Josh Allen overall as a has all the tools to be way better than than a Mark Sanchez. I yep. think Mark it's, Mark Sanchez was able to have the success that he had because how strong that defense was.
0: Yeah, the Bills have a strong defense, too. The difference was Allen, I mean, sense not making as bad decisions as Allen was. Correct, but at the same time, the
2: athleticism that Josh Allen has Oh, for sure. compared to Mark Sanchez, it's a nine-day difference. Yeah,
0: I said this earlier in the year on the podcast. I'm still going to stand by it. I feel like in about a year from now, we're going to be ha- talking about Josh Allen like the Bears fans talking about Mitch Trubisky now. That's an interesting comparison. Yeah. Because I feel like back in last year, Mr. Trubisky was all the shi- was the naz Everybody was going, ooh, he's great. He's going to be the franchise quarterback. And now a year later, Bear fans are crying their soup that they have to watch the Sean Watson and Patrick Holmes. They both passed on play on the playoff game on Saturday. Yeah, well, that's, certain,
2: <laughs> that's certainly true. Yeah. But uh, t- time will tell. I mean, again, you give him the benefit of the doubt because he's a young quarterback. He hasn't been in those situations before, but it's a little concerning. Um, I could guarantee you, come – this upcoming weekend, when you're watching Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, two young quarterbacks, they're not going to be making those same mistakes like that.
0: No, they're not. And obviously, before we get to your Packers, I want to ask you: as the Packer guy, the Cowboys just hired Mike McCarthy. What do you think they're going to get with him?
2: So I actually like the move for the Cowboys, um, and the the reason why is I think it's I think it's a sure thing. Yeah. And um, but what I mean by that is. You know what you're gonna get with Mike McCarthy, right? You're yeah. probably, you're definitely getting a football guy, a guy who loves the game. Yeah. You're getting a guy with a ton of experience, a Super Bowl under his belt, and you're probably getting some uh, a coach that's gonna get you in position to make the playoffs every single year, eight to ten wins. You could almost guarantee, especially when you look at the roster that the Dallas Cowboys have. Like yeah. it, it's a, it's criminal that they didn't make a postseason. They're they're not in the postseason. Yeah. Right. Um, Now, there are a few things, though, that I'll be interested in seeing how it plays out. One thing, and this, no matter whether it was Mike McCarthy, Lincoln Riley, Josh McDaniels, Matt Rule, whoever, insert head coach, seeing the dynamic between McCarthy and Jerry Jones is going to be really interesting to me because McCarthy's going from A to Z here. He's going from a Packers team where, you know, top brass— was completely hands-off. Going to Dallas, where Jerry Jones has an impact and a say on the day-to-day operations. I mean, how many owners have scheduled weekly press conferences? You know, how many of them address the media after every single game? Yeah. You know, so I'm interested in seeing how that dynamic um, flows. And the other thing is, and just as important as that relationship between McCarthy and Jerry Jones, is... Did the time away from football help Mike McCarthy? Did he watch enough football this year at home to make him a better coach or is he the same or is he the same guy because one thing that I noticed as a Packers fan and watching McCarthy and the Green Bay Packers in his last years he wasn't very creative, he wasn't very innovative it was bland the play calling was very skep- was very hit or miss has something changed if he was able to learn and watch and really say like okay this i need to implement this there's a lot of potential but if it's the same mike mccarthy i don't know i'd be a little worried but again though at the end of the day i think dallas has a talented enough roster that it's a safe hire you know what you're going to get. It's not the same risk as hiring a Lincoln Riley or uh, or Ur- an offensive coordinator yeah. you, or Urban Meyer or yeah, Urban Meyer, whoever. Right? It's it's a sure thing. There's not that much you have to worry about. Whereas like you could have you could have hired a Matt Rule and it could have been really good or really bad.
0: Yeah, I think you had to play it safe there, considering the amount of talent you have. He's a guy who's won a lot. And did you see during the year that he talked to Peter King from NBC Sports? Uh, Mike McCarthy. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. If you believe what he said in that interview about how he's been watching football, he's talking to young people who are deeper into the analytics of the game, and all that, you would encourage your a Cowboy fan if, if that's all true.
2: Yeah, I think so. And again, that's that's really what's important with this hire. Yeah. If he has noticed the change in the game and is willing to adopt to that change, I think he's going to be good. But you didn't see, and that's part of the reason why he isn't coaching right now. He, or, or he was he wasn't coaching for a year, and now he's back in the game.
0: Yeah, we'll see how that plays out with him. Let's talk about your Packers for a little bit. So, obviously, you're the Packer guy. You host your own Packers podcast. What's your thought about the Packers year as a whole now as you get ready for the first playoff game? Well, I'll tell you what. If you would have told me the day after
2: the Packers hired Matt LaFleur that they would have been the number two seed in the NFC, possibly the number one seed. They were a yard, basically, short. If if uh, Seattle beat San Fran, they would have ended up with the number one seed. Um 11 wins, hosting a playoff game at Lambeau, first round bye. I would have thought you were crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this team looked like it would be a uh, maybe an eight and eight, nine and seven, something along those lines. Uh, the fact that they they've had the season that they've had, I mean, it's it's been pretty impressive, and it says a lot about Matt Lafleur. It says a lot about Guttenkust and the signings that he made in this off because everyone is playing a huge role in the Packers' success.
0: They are, and what do you think the key is for them to get out of the NFC? Because obviously now they're one of the last four there. They have the home game this week, and what do you think is the big key for them? Okay, so a couple
2: things. On the offensive side, pound the ball. Aaron Jones needs the ball, okay? This Packers team is best when Aaron Jones is getting the ball. I think that sweet spot is about 20 touches a game. Whether that be running the ball 20 times or a combination of – Run game, pass game. Regardless, though, he needs to get the ball. When he gets going, everything else for this offense opens up. It's just so crucial. And sometimes it's frustrating when he's not getting the ball. Because you see, you see the results when he does, and it's like, what are we doing? Why, are, why isn't he getting the ball enough? So I think that's important on the offensive side. On the defensive side, I think the pressure has to be there. Being able to get after the quarterback and force turnovers. You force turnovers, you get the ball back, and you turn those turnovers into points. It, it's
0: a recipe for success. Indeed, this week they play the Seahawks after the Saints lose the Vikings. Are the sixty, they go to San Francisco. You get the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson in there. So, what do you think the Packers match up with Seattle is like in this game? So, when
2: uh, when the Vikings upset the the Saints, which I was very surprised about. Yeah. Uh, I, I really thought that I was expecting to play the Saints. Um, at home, so when I had to sit down and watch the Eagles uh, and the and the Seahawks play, I think after Carson Wentz, Wentz gets hurt, right, you're probably thinking that, wow, Carson Wentz is hurt. If he misses next week, you much rather have Josh McCown come come to Lambeau and play against the Packers. But then when you when you dive a little deeper into the statistics, right. The Eagles are one of the top teams when it comes to their run defense. Can't say the same about the Seahawks, who I believe ranked 22nd in the league. Yeah. So the fact that you have that, right, a, a poor run defense coming to town. You have a, Rus- a Russell Wilson who is extremely talented, and he has weapons, right? Lockett, the rookie. Metcalf. Who- Metcalf, who's been phenomenal. Yeah. Right, He has weapons But Russell Wilson is winless At Lambeau okay? 0-3 57.3% completion percentage 201 yards per game 3 touchdowns 6 interceptions You look at this team overall And you think of the past battles Between these two teams Certainly not as talented as they once were I think their defense isn't as talented, and even offensively. Yeah, you can't count out Russell Wilson, but look at their run game right now. They had to bring back Marshawn Lynch. They lose their two top running backs. They're both on injured reserve. There's a lot more holes in this Seahawks team than than years past.
0: Yeah, I spoke to Russell Baxter last week on the podcast and he pointed out that like, you know what? That Seattle defense is not nearly as good as it's been in the past. They only have scored their points by 7 points this year, which is nothing.
2: No, nothing at all. They're struggling. They've played a lot of good games. They've won a lot of close games. The biggest change in the Seahawks team, they play really well on the road. They're yep. 8 and 1 on the road. But at the same time, defensively here, I'll give you a couple more stats. Seahawks finished with only 28 sacks. Only one team had fewer. Yeah. All right. You want to talk about the efficiency in the red zone. The, Seah- the Seahawks has have scored touchdowns on 63.3% on red zone trips, which ranks ninth. However, the defense has allowed touchdowns on 61.5% of opponents' trips inside the 20, ranking 26. So yeah, they score, but they also give up points in the red zone.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting to see how this goes. Before we get to the picks, let's, let's reset for the audience here, the over-unders for the year. Because... We did, we last looked at it was an interesting race and this ended up being very 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 close. Very close. Yeah. So to reset Joe's picks, Joe Packers over nine, so he got that one. One for one. One for one. You had the Ravens under eight and a half. That did not go well. Not well. He had the Panthers over seven and a half. When we were recording they were five and four and had a decent shot at it, but I, not not went again. I really thought they were gonna ha- they yeah. were gonna hit that number. Yeah, yeah. Once Ron Rivera went, they sort of went in the tank. No, it was brutal.
2: Ever since they lost to the Packers,
0: it just fell apart. Yeah, that was the turning point. Definitely was. Yeah, you had the Browns under nine and a half, and you got correct, and Freddie kids went out the door with them. Rightfully so. Yeah, you had the Eagles over nine and a half. You could have had that if they beat Miami, but they did not. They should have beat Miami. I mean, come on. (laughs) And surprisingly, we thought this one was not. You were not going to get this one. You got the Colts on the under seven and a half. It's kind of like the same thing with uh,
2: with the uh, Eagles with the Eagles. Yeah. Right, and even the Panthers, right, yeah. when I thought it was a lock. Yeah. So I, I somehow snuck, I guess that was the the betting gods giving me one there.
0: Yeah, you went 3-3 three three
2: on the year. Solid. Solid, 500. Yeah, you,
0: hard hard not to take 500 in this in this thing. You take 500 when it comes to money, yeah. even. Yeah, so my, my number is this year. I had the Chargers under 9.5, that was a lock. That was a lock, that yeah. was a good one. The Jets over 7 was a push, the only push in, on the board <laughs> That was that's tough to swallow. Yeah. I had the Chiefs over ten and a half. That was a win. You swept that out. I I had to, at the end of the year they got high. So they beat New England. I think I got it. And they did. Yep. I had the Bears under nine and a half, which you loved. I them, love that one. And that was accurate. I love that one. I had the Steelers over nine. They finished at eight, so that was a loss.
2: Close. 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 I think if uh if the Steelers were healthy all season, you would have hit that.
0: I think that's the difference is, like, there would have been a push if, the, if they had beaten the Jets. Bingo. And the Jets would have not been a push. So it's, Exactly. Yeah. So it's
2: kind of like a wash when it comes to those two.
0: And I had the 49ers under 8, that was awful, because they were 8-0. No. That was as bad as my Ravens. Yeah, that was worse than your Ravens, because the Ravens at least have went 2-2 two and two to start the year. That is true. Yeah, you're right. Like, they went 8-0 no, and hit the number before you could even blink. Yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> so I went 3-2-1, and one, so I won by a half a game because the Jets pushed
2: Congratulations, Mike.
0: You're rubbing it in now. You can't. I'm, you have, I'm, not, I'm not playing the clip. Are
2: you putting me on the podcast just to rub it in? No, you did beat me during the regular season on the picks. Okay, good. Uh, let's not forget about that. When you, we went, we picked in the regular season. You went one two. I went zero oh three. Well, there
0: you go. Yeah. So, big big numbers to brag about. <laughs> yeah. So let's get to the picks anyway. Troy Moriel, our good buddy, was here last week for the challengers and the pick challenge. He got one of his picks right. He had the Seahawks laying the point and a half with one confidence point on it. Let me tell you, I would have had a
2: horrible week if you had me on last week. Yeah.
0: He he should have had the Bills. He had the Bills getting the two and a half, but they gave that game away in epic fashion. Brutal. That was three points for him. He had the Pats laying the four and a half. He had that was two points for him. He had the Saints seven and a half points, four confidence. So only one point for Troy. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's how
2: you get only one point there.
0: Yeah. I had two and two on the week. I took the big swing. I had the Texans laying at two and a half with, all, with four confidence points. Wow! <laughs> so you really got
2: lucky there. I was huh?
0: I was anti build I was like at the at sixteen. I'm like, okay, this is dead. Then somehow I walked away with four points. Wow! There you go. That's yeah.
2: a, that's a surprising four points.
0: Yeah, I was the co- one I was most confident, in. When somehow somehow some way I got it. Okay. I had the Titans plus four and a half, two point confidence. I figured that we closed in that game. I didn't have to do out outright. I lost on the Saints seven and a half. I only had that as one point though because of the number. Really? Yeah. I think it's a good game. The Saints will be up 14 late. The Vikings score a touchdown and give you the backdoor cover. That's why I only put it one point. Yeah, that's
2: kind of good. Good thought process when it comes to the betting game.
0: Yeah. And I had the Eagles plus one and a half points. That went out the window once Carson Wentz got hurt.
2: Bingo, right away.
0: And I had three points in that one. I was really high on the Eagles.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's a completely, definitely completely different game.
0: I'm going to go out of the limit. I said the Eagles win that football game. Wentz plays the thing. I think
2: so. Yeah. I, I definitely think so. Yeah. The, the Seahawks did nothing impressive. No. Right? I thought... You would have expected, yeah, even though they, they prepared for Carson Wentz. I mean, it's Josh McCown. Yeah, for sure. So
0: to reset, I lead the postseason challenge 6-1. to one. we got a lot of ground to make up. Yeah, that's, that's why I put you in the in the middle spot here so you can make up the ground. I don't know about that. Looking at these numbers this week, it ain't easy. Yeah, we're recording out Monday. There are some big numbers these out are here. are some <laughs> big numbers for the playoffs. These are massive numbers for the playoffs. But we will get into it right now. We will go to the picks. We will start with... Sunday, Saturday, 4.30 NBC. Vikings at the 49ers. The 49ers are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Joe, where are you going? Okay, so I am going at a two-level,
2: all right? Yep. And I am taking the 49ers minus six-and-a-half. I, I I truly think the 49ers are the best team in the conference. I mean, uh, it was impressive what the Vikings were able to do on the road against the Saints. Can they go on another road trip and beat the 49ers? I don't think so. Uh, the 49ers' defense is much better. That offense, yeah, Drew Brees is a better quarterback, but the playmakers that San Fran have, debo Samuel, George Kittle, I think it's just going to be too much to handle. They're not going to have as much Success as they did. They're not going to win that battle on the offensive and defensive line like they did against the Saints. So confidence level only at two, but give me the 49ers minus six and a half.
0: I'm also thinking the 49ers, I'm going three-point confidence on the 49ers because I think the Vikings got their best game in last week against the Saints. I think the, the 49ers will know to take Dalvin Cook away from them. And I don't trust Kirk Cousins going in that building and winning that game. I know he went to the, beat the Dome, but he had a lot of Dalvin Cook helping that game. I don't think he's getting it here. I think this four hours win by at least a touchdown, so that's a three-point confidence for me right there. Okay, okay, Okay. two and three. Okay. Next up, Titans-Ravens, Saturday, 8.15 p.m. on CBS. Ravens are laying nine at the moment. Joe, where are you going? I am
2: going, this is my third, number three, three confidence level. I am taking the Titans plus nine against the Ravens. Why? I think, now I think the Ravens are going to win outright, right? Yep. But I think there is a good chance, a very good chance, that Tennessee is going to do everything they can to make sure that Lamar Jackson is not on the field. And how are they going to do that? They're going to give the ball to Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry has been absolutely phenomenal this season. I know the Ravens are expecting it, but if Derrick Henry can get going, Ryan Tannehill hasn't been making mistakes. He plays mistake-free football. They keep Lamar Jackson off the field. This game is going to be a lot
0: closer than we all think it's going to be. Yeah, I'm with you on the Titans. I gave them a two-point confidence on that one. Same confidence I gave them last week. I just think, like you said, this game is going to be close. Tennessee will limit possessions. They'll keep Baltimore off the field. They'll be able to run the ball. They'll score some points. I think nine's too big. I think they're going to cover the number. I think the Ravens will win, like you said. I so. think it's outrageous that yeah. you're seeing these kinds of numbers yeah. on divisional on divisional weekend yeah it's it's insane i'm never, I remember the last time that happened it, it's absolutely outrageous yeah i think the last the biggest i remember was when they think the jets were i think like in new england and i know that year they beat them i think they were like 14 15 point underdogs it makes it real yeah. tough and you know how it is it's the yeah. playoffs yeah. it's yeah. a new season yep yeah, it is it's the same anything anything could happen and the biggest one on the board is the next game texans chiefs sunday three o'clock on cbs before i get to that do you like the moving it back to three o'clock for the second weekend yeah i don't yeah. mind it yeah. I don't mind it Yeah, I like it Troy, Troy pointed out on, the pot on Twitter last week He's like, hey like, I miss having football after, after, done at 4.30 At that's, that's 7, that's weird Now we get it until 10 again Which is nice Exactly, I don't mind it It's more It's
2: it's custom to what we've been What we've had all season long Yeah, so the Chiefs Are 9.5 point favorites Sunday at 3 on CBS Where are you going, Joe? This is my most confident pick Yeah. Four points Give me the Chiefs Minus What'd you say? Nine and a half? Nine and a half Yeah, I, nine and a half uh, That's a huge number I can't believe I'm I'm settling with taking all those points in minus nine and a half, but the Texans don't belong here, and you're gonna see that on on Sunday. And uh, you know what what's more concerning for me is the fact that I'm going with an Andy Reid team, but I think Patrick Mahomes is gonna have an absolute field day.
0: Yeah, I'm with you all the way. Chiefs full four. I just look at this. I'm like. I watched the Texans play this football game. I'm not going to gain much ground on you <laughs> at this point. We did this independently. It us not if like I copied you. I know. The <laughs> sad part. I took the Chiefs because I'm like, hey, you know what? I watched the Texans play Saturday. They had no business winning that football game whatsoever. They're going into Arrowhead, and they're going to get blown out of the building. If, I could, at least two touchdowns. If from the they go
2: down 16-0 yeah. like they did, they have zero chance of coming yeah. back, and it wouldn't. It won't be 60 nothing. It'll be like twenty eight nothing. No, I sh- think
0: this is going to be a bloodbath. This is the Chiefs are going to wipe the floor with that football team. I think we're yeah.
2: going to see a a very bad weekend of football in terms of how close these games are. Really. Yeah,
0: I I really expect blowouts. All right, and last but not least, your team Seahawks Packers Sunday six thirty on Fox Packers laying four. Where are you going? Uh, this is going to be the closest game of the weekend. Yeah. No, no, if fans or buts,
2: the closest game. Um, obviously, I have one one point left, and that's yep. the one point confidence with the Packers minus four. I think just because they're playing at home, they have the benefit of the doubt here. Yeah. Um, would I be surprised if they lose? Absolutely not. Just because they their identity this season has been winning sloppy, and it wouldn't surprise me if they they didn't show up. Yeah. At the same time, though, that home field advantage. The way the defense has been playing, Aaron Jones has been playing,
0: I like the Packers to win minus four here. This is the one game we are different on here. I took, this is also my one-point pick, I took the Seahawks with the points, just because I feel like Russell Wilson, I cannot, I feel like it's hard to bet against him in the playoffs in any of these spots, it's a four-point margin, I could easily see this being a field goal football game, I think the Packers will squeak it out at the end, but Russell I think will make enough plays in this football game, I think they will cover the numbers, so I will put this one point on the Seahawks here, it's my least confident feeling here, but I feel like this is sort of the game where he's going to keep them in it a lot longer people think. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised by that at
2: all. I'm I, you know, I just I just think compared to years past, yeah. this is definitely a different Seahawks team and looking at and this is definitely a much better Packers defense. I think that goes a long way. I think Russell Wilson is fully aware of his record at Lambeau who steps up.
0: That's the, that's the question. Who steps up?
2: Yeah. Is this the week that Aaron Rodgers finally shows up? Yeah, right? It's just Again, I think this game is the biggest toss-up of the weekend. Yeah,
0: that's why we had no confidence in either of us. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I'd be foolish to move this higher than one. All right, so to reset the picks, Vikings, Niners, Niners, six and a half point fairs. We both love that one. Joe at a two, me at a three. Ravens, Titans, rain the nine points. We both love the Titans and the points. Joe went three, I went two. Chiefs, Texans, Chiefs laying nine and a half. We are all over the Chiefs. We are big Chiefs stands right now. Big Chiefs set. Chiefs kingdom. Yeah. Chiefs-Kingdom, four-point confidence each in this one. And the one difference, Seahawks-Packers, Packers Packers laying the four. Joe is laying the points to the Packers. I am taking them with Seattle, both at a one-confidence scale. And those are your picks for Divisional Weekend. It's hard to believe that we only have seven actual games of football left. Oh, it's sad. Yeah. It's sad. I'll tell you what, though. Yeah.
2: This may shock you. Yeah. Guess where I'm going to be after Super Bowl Sunday, the week after. Where is that? Guess. It has to do with football. At the Senior Bowl? No, I will be at MetLife Stadium watching the XFL, the New York Guardians. Oh, that is football, technically. Technically, it's football. Yes. I got the itch. Yeah. The the season's not even over, and I'm already thinking about post-NFL football watching. Hopefully it works out better for them than the AAF did. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. But listen to this. I got tickets in the 100 section, corner end zone, yeah. for like $25. That sounds fun. Why not? Yeah, why not? Let's see how it is. Yeah. The worst the worst thing that happens is I'm watching terrible football, but at least I'm hanging out and it could be a lot worse. As long as it's not cold. I hope it's not that cold. I I am concerned about that.
0: Yeah, it couldn't be worse. I mean, I was at I was at City Field for the uh, Winter Classic a few years ago and boy, that was an icebox. Oh yeah, that that sounds pretty cool. But I mean, we've been pretty fortunate this winter. So far. So far. Next week on the Picks Challenge, we are having back Ian Sachs on there. The Patriots are gone, but we had to get a Patriot representing the conference championship round for the ninth year in Man, a row. Man, <laughs> I don't know how he's going to feel about that. <laughs> he's going to be down in the dumps, that's for sure. Yeah, we'll have a little legacy discussion with him about the end of the run, potentially. Potentially. Yeah, because Brady's going to be a free agent. McDaniels might leave. A bunch of players might leave. Do you think Brady comes back? I don't know if it's going to be for the Patriots, but I think he's going to play again. Yeah, I, I could see that happening. Because I can't see him going out on pick six. I yeah, can't. no, no. I can't see that either.
2: But it, I wouldn't be surprised if this was the end of his run with the Patriots.
0: I think the two teams I think to watch here I think are the Chargers. Of course. Because he's got family out there, he's got connections out there, and they're going into that new state and they have no roots. Imagine Brave like two years there helping establish the team. Oh,
2: that, that would definitely
0: do a lot. And the other one I think would be interesting, based on his connection to the pre, to the quarterback there, Indianapolis. Wow, think about that for a second. They don't really they. To Charlie Reset, they kind of souring out at the end of the year. They might draft one. Imagine having Brady there for a couple of years, sort of bridge that gap and help Reset out or your young quarterback out. That would be something
2: else. Yeah. Wow.
3: That's,
2: I didn't even think
0: of that. That's, that's like Peyton Manning going to
2: the Broncos, kind of. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It really is. Except I don't think Payne, I, I don't think Brady would have as much success as Payton did with the Broncos. Well, that Colts team is pretty well set up. They have weapons. They got a line. They got a good defense. They, definitely, that line definitely helps. I'll tell you that. That line definitely helps. I think and, that defense could get a little bit better though.
0: Yeah, like they have a lot of assets. I mean, if you could get him in there for like a year, imagine how that would be. They do have a wide receiver. Something Brady usually doesn't. They have. They
2: have tight ends. It's, they have Ebron and Jack Doyle. That's actually a great great scenario wow and you're playing indoors for a half your season yeah you're playing indoors you got an easier division actually you're playing indoors for more than half your season yes. because your two road games you uh, got, your one
0: road game excuse me it's in houston exactly and the other one's another one's in jacksonville where it's sunny like 80 percent of the year yeah wow yeah that's I think, not a bad gig that would be a good gig for him i don't know if the Colts will do it but i think they should not a bad gig i like that idea mike all right before i let you go two things number one Give me a chance. Give everybody a chance to follow on social media and talk about the Sharp Cheddar podcast.
2: Okay. So you could follow me on Twitter at Joe Double Underscore. Do not forget the double. Don't forget the double. D A L O I S -S I O. And check out the Sharp Cheddar podcast, especially. I mean, I do a lot of Green Bay Packers talk on that podcast, obviously, Sharp Cheddar podcast. Um, But I will be talking about um, all the playoff games. Uh, New episode should be uh, out at the end of the week where I'll preview the upcoming matchup against the Seahawks. May have a representative from Seattle join the podcast, maybe a Green Bay uh, beat reporter. Not too sure what the plan is just yet, but there will be an episode at the end of the week.
0: Yeah, and you can rehash your picks on that one.
2: Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt because I also – yeah, I uh, I do a pick segment on there, and I'm not changing my picks. I yeah. think that's when
0: you run into trouble. When you start trying to be
2: cute. You, you, either you start trying to be cute or you're like, you know what? I went this way on Mike's podcast. If I go the opposite on my podcast – I'll cover my bases. I'm covered. Yeah. No, nah, you can't do
0: that though. No, You can't not, do that. That's, that's not how you win. No, it's not how you win. And the last mm-hmm. last thing is obviously the holidays just came by. What's the worst gift you got this holiday season? wow the worst gift that i got this holiday season yeah
2: mike you put me on the spot i wasn't ready for this one um i think the worst holiday gift that i got was a winter hat Yeah, but it wasn't like a um it wasn't like a sports beanie yeah it was like a generic like here wear this hat <laughs> I, I i think that would be the worst what about you uh, i got i got some options there the socks is always an option See, but I'm fine with the socks and underwear yeah. because I need them. Yeah, like, you need your socks. You need your underwear. Yeah, like those are those are essentials. I have my Green Bay Packers beanie. Yeah, I don't want to wear another one. Yeah, so why
0: the hell am I getting another one? Yeah, I get the. I feel you there. Come on. Yeah, because I got a bonus gift for my listeners this year. Ooh, is that right? Yes, that's right. Because there was supposed to be. At the end of the holiday special, which you know we were on, it was a very long podcast. Very long podcast. Two and a half hours, so if you have long commute somewhere, it take you three days to get through that one. But Depends supposed- on when you're, where yeah, you're commuting yeah. to. It's supposed to be even longer, because there was an extra segment in there. The second annual holiday gift spectacular had some technical difficulties. It happens. It happens. Could not get that one out, but I have done the work. I have restored the, the footage. It's going to be coming up next with our pop culture correspondent, Santa Rosa and our good friend, Jill Venditti. That's going to be coming up right after this. All right, we're back on the Just End the Suffering podcast holiday special. Time to wrap it all up. We will do our second annual holiday gift extravaganza back with me again doing the holiday i guess the second year in a row as the show pop culture correspondent sam derosa sam welcome back how are you
4: thanks for having me for year two
0: yeah year two on the holiday special you are the only ones who came back to back years so
4: thank you <laughs> yeah.
0: and mary cannot be with us this year she's off doing bigger and better things so we brought in a super replacement we brought in somebody we last heard from on the met roundtable podcast back i think in march i want to say jill Venditti's here with us jill welcome how are you
3: Hello everyone, super excited to be here. Super excited to share these weird gifts I found. Or things that I find that they're weird, so maybe they're not weird, but whatever.
0: Yeah, in case you were not with us last year, we did the holiday gifts. What happens is if you go on the team's website, you know, you can find, you know, you buy a jersey, that's easy. But we decided to be creative. We'll find the weirdest thing on the team's site and recommend it to you. So I'm gonna start off, Joe, I'm gonna ask you first, like what's the worst gift you got last year?
3: Honestly, nothing. Like, I really – I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, I'm in my mid-20s. Why am I really going to ask for things for Christmas? So, like, I don't ask for much. If I need something, I'm like, hey, like I need this. This is what I want. This is what I need. And usually it's what I get. Um, But otherwise, like, my parents are really cool. Like, they'll give us, like, clothes. And sometimes it's, like, a hit or miss because of, like, sizing. But that's, like – I think that's, like, the
4: only bad thing that happened last year. Just sizing for things was wrong.
0: That's not bad. you have yeah. any issues last year or are you good?
4: No. Uh, You know – the weirdest thing, which is actually super convenient, is like a windshield wiper cover. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I didn't ask for it, but I use it. Yeah. So it, Correct, cool. yeah. That's like getting socks for Christmas. I love socks.
3: I get fuzzy I've socks never, every year. They're it's amazing.
4: Great. <laughs> I just bought a
3: cute pair from actually the Dollar Tree. Very yeah. good buy. I wore them to work yesterday when it was cold. mm Amazing to walk a couple blocks on those things in the city. Mm, Amazing.
4: Even for the Dollar Tree, right? <laughs> even for the Dollar Tree. Surprisingly good.
0: Yeah. I think socks would qualify as me last year. Somebody actually gave me Jets socks last year. See,
4: like, that's, that's cool, cool though. Like, you yeah. know, like you like dress up like and underneath your like pants are fun socks. I do that all the time.
0: Yeah, I love the fun socks. Let's get to the point we're here. We'll do the weird gifts. So we've each broken down the New York teens by three, counting New Jersey too, for you devil fans out there. They're included in this mix. So we're gonna go through the list here. We're gonna break the gifts. We're gonna tell you what they are, why they're weird, how much they cost, and on the scale of fruitcakes from one to five, how bad they are. So Jill, since we as Met fans outnumber Sam two to one. We'll start with the Mets and we'll start with you. So where are you going?
3: Okay. So I'm actually glad you went with this one first because this is the one that I just I don't understand it. And once you two see what it is, I think you'll understand why I don't understand what it is. <laughs> first of all, um it's a quilted blanket. Okay. So price wise you go from it's based on size it seems like so it's king queen single and twin which is basically like your standard size you're just missing a full size which rude missing the full size one <laughs> um so it ranges from forty nine ninety five to 87 95 on blanketwonder.com if you want to know <laughs> and it's just it's a quilted blanket with the logo in the middle-ish thing kind of yep But it's not just the logo. The logo is on top of a skull. Hmm. And then everything around the skull has nothing to do with the Mets. It's, like, flowers. It's got, like, a rainbow. It's got, like, a house, a building. And I don't get it. The border, nothing to do with Mets, nothing to do with baseball, nothing to do with New York. It's, again, like, it looks like little animals are, like, the border (laughs) with, like, more of those little skull things. But, again, not the Met logo, a whole other logo. that I don't know what it is. And... It's like that little logo is like a red and blue half circle with like a and it looks like a makeshift lightning bolt going through it. It's
0: the like Harry Potter lightning bolt.
3: No, not even close <laughs> to that. Like if it was that, okay, cool. Like Harry Potter is kind of cool, even though I'm not a Harry Potter fan. But like, I don't understand the concept of this. Like where, like it, it's just kind of like literally a quilt where you take like different the different tiles and put them together. It's as if this person took different tiles and just slapped its logo on top <laughs> of it. I don't get it. it. I think it's horrendous, and I think when you see it later on you'll realize why it's just horrendous and ugly and also just way too much money for something that's ugly
0: yeah yeah for sure i mean on this on the fruitcake scale is that full five for you
3: oh it's a full fat, <laughs> five,
0: <laughs> full five and just in case people are wondering what it looks like we will have links to these gifts on the website on the podcast for blog post there so if you want the quilt for yourself and you don't you don't trust jill's judge you can go oh, buy it you've been warned you have been warned we'll go across town we'll go to the yankees who sam has worked for as well so any insight information there that you want to share about the gift idea from you? Dun,
4: dun, <laughs> well, dun. I pick I pick Etsy every year because support small businesses and like handmade things.
0: Small business Saturdays.
4: Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what I found was like very normal stuff, you know, um, but the weirdest one is I found was New York Yankees toilet paper. And like, it's not even like the toilet paper, like Yankees suck. And then like, that's what you used to like use the toilet paper for. It's literally just the logo. And then they package it in like Saran, like you know, like the clear, and they like wrap it all pretty. So I don't think it's meant to be like offensive. I think it's supposed to be like a New York Yankees like toilet. P- it's literally toilet paper. It looks like Scott toilet paper
0: with the Yankee logo on it. Yeah,
4: but then then I'm, then I'm like they don't have any other pictures, so you I think it's just on the top. I don't even think it's on the bottom. <laughs> That's so strange. It only goes for 5 bucks, but that doesn't include shipping and handling.
0: Good stocking stuffer.
4: Oh my god, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. On the
0: fruitcake here, where are you putting it?
4: See, I put that as a five. I've never seen anyone gift toilet paper before. See, if I got toilet paper, no matter what the logo was,
3: no matter what team it was, I think I would just take it and just throw it right at their face. Or the next Halloween, go to that person's house and TP their house with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and say, hey, I remember your Christmas gift. Here it is.
3: <laughs> take it back!
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we'll go to the football teams. I'll start with my Jets, who have not had a good year, but I found a very, very weird item on the Jet website. I'm going to pull this picture up. I'll pass it on to you. So when you think of the Jets, the first thing you think of is island theme, correct?
3: Butt fumble, sadly
4: <laughs> enough.
0: Yeah. So if you happen to, th- yeah, we'll put the butt fumble aside.
4: <laughs> sensitive topic, Jill.
0: It's very sensitive Listen, to me.
4: Listen, I'm a Jet fan too. It's fine. It's I've lived with it. It's fine. At yeah. least they've won yet. Yesterday
3: can't even win right <laughs> or lose right.
0: They cannot lose right. So anyway, I'm gonna pass this to Jill first. This is a New York Jets tiki totem. It's a 16 inch tiki totem. You can sell it for 30 bucks. It can be used indoors or outdoors. Jill's face says it all.
3: That's not worth 30. First of all, first of all, I hope it's like larger than I. Am. I'm five foot one for reference. It
0: says 16 inches.
4: That's not
3: tall at all. It's like not even <laughs> up to my hip. What is that? <laughs> Yep. Even I feet. could probably jump over this if I wanted to. Yeah, so That's not worth it.
0: So it's, it's $29.99. According to the description, it's not recommended for children under 13 years old.
4: Why? That's a tiki <laughs> it's blocked. So yeah. I see it. At the bottom, it's yeah. like tiki-ish.
0: And it oh, sa- stands right now. The eyes on that football are creepy as hell.
4: Yeah, why mm-hmm. is there an airplane? Oh, is that a blimp? Or is that uh, an airplane? That's the jet. The, the jet. Hello. Oh, okay. Duh. I- <laughs> I'm not a Jets fan, I'm a Jaguars fan. We have a very simple, straightforward mascot, okay?
0: So what would the Jaguar Tiki Totem look like?
4: I have probably Gardner Minshew on top. <laughs> Just, Just with, like, yeah, that lights up, because he's <laughs> the coolest guy ever.
0: Yeah, it's mu- this is much less cool than Gardner Minshew is, so <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give this the three fruitcakes. I feel like there's worse things i found, and maybe if you have, like, a Jet-themed deck, it will work, but I don't think it will work. deck. <laughs> or you can put it on the tailgate bus, so you have a Jet-themed tailgate yeah, there Hawaiian tailgate bus. Because so. it's so
4: cold, like
3: in yep. the wintertime, it's yep. not tiki, you know. No. No. It's not
0: tiki. It no. may gives that taste the summer.
3: No, yeah. if it had an ugly sweater or scarf yeah. on it, then you can do winter themed.
0: Yeah, you can always Boom. put one on afterwards.
3: That's true. Because a <laughs> little yeah. All right. All
0: right. Jill, let's go to the other football team. You had the New York football giants, so what did you what would you recommend for their two win their two win fans?
3: This one it's not so much weird. It's just I don't I think the idea behind it just like not a thing anymore. Like, it, It's supposed to be a sign for a man cave. And it says, Giants, man, the uh, yep. New York logo, cave. And then it's like three tiers. One of them says, man controls all remotes when the Giants play. Giants, blue, worn at all times this is the middle one. And the last one says, what happens in the cave stays in the cave. First of all, what does that even mean? <laughs> what is going on in this cave? Um. Second of all, I just...
4: I think the concept of man caves is just, like, not a thing really anymore. No, it's not. I don't think it's a thing anymore. Or like no Giants fan is having a good time there if there is a (laughs) man. Exactly. Also, there's some, like, nefarious things going on in there, but I don't don't know what what Giants fans do.
3: But either way, it's just, like, the concept of it, like, the sign is kind of corny. It's on NFL Shop for, um, I want to say, like, almost $19 or so, so. And um that's
0: expensive sign.
3: Yeah, it's an expensive sign first of all, where I can go to Michaels literally and make this probably for $10, not even. So first of all, that's one thing to keep in mind. Second of all, just that the whole thing about the man cave is just like I think overdone. Um but it's just it just look a little weird. Uh I don't think I think on the 1 to fruitcake scale, I'm going to say it's probably a 3. A not th- quite a 5, almost a 4, mm. but whatever. it's a, it's a 3, yeah. yeah.
0: That makes some sense, so that's an interesting spot here. Let's go to the the basketball. Then talk about the Knicks. They just fired their head coach. You made their fans depressed. The Sam, what would you get a Knicks fan?
4: See, I have the perfect gift. Yeah. I want the totally opposite direction. I'll <laughs> um, see. It is a damn it doll. Mm-hmm. So if you like, go look it up. It has like a whole card about why mm-hmm. you purchase it. And yeah. it's like when it's like something to squeeze when you're super annoyed and mad at your team. <laughs> and I'm like, this is great, especially everything that happened. I'm like, this is great. It cost you fourteen ninety five. So it's gonna be probably like twenty bucks with the shipping and handling. So I'm thinking for all Knicks fans, like that's a pretty solid gift to get yourself.
0: So what does it look like specifically? It's
4: literally like I'll pull it up. It's like this little doll with no. It's there's no face or anything. Is it at least? Oh, Ni- there is a face. I lied. Um, but it's just like Knicks, and it has like a little. It's like a fake face. It's like two <laughs> black felt dots. It's like I don't know. It's like it's, a it's doll. good. Yeah. yeah, they make voodoo dolls that you can't like hallmark or something.
0: If I was a Nick fan, I would just put Steve Mills' face on the doll and just like squeeze Woof. the doll, and just kill the doll. <laughs>
4: That's a I mean, it's like it's a soft, <laughs> plushy thing, so you can always pin it to it, so if you uh, really hate them, the, go for it. Yeah,
0: the, the one risk also with that, I feel like if you have a dog, the dog will be drawn to that toy.
4: That's true, it mm-hmm. does look like a dog yeah. toy as well. That's yes. what I thought
0: of when I saw that. Yeah, so on the fruitcake scale, from one to five, where are you going?
4: I put it as a one, yeah. because it's more mm-hmm. necessary than it is fruity. <laughs>
0: Okay, that, so that's the net the Nick one. I'll, I had the Brooklyn Nets. I remember last year I had the NET toiletry kit. That was a fun one.
4: Oh, yes, that was They're funny.
0: They're selling that again. I'm not going that way this year. You're I are selling
4: it again? Oh, yeah. boy.
0: <laughs> so this is the Brooklyn Nets Forever Collectible S'mores Ornament. You can put it on your Christmas tree. Yeah. So it is literally an ornament of... A Brooklyn Nets like s'mores figure with a chocolate. The marshmallow is the net logo. It has a hat and stuff. Oh, that's cute.
3: <laughs> but does it have Kevin Durant's fi- picture on it? it is no, not, no, it doesn't. That's sad. I don't want it. Yeah, it it's looks like white a white marshmallow. Yeah, it looks
0: like a snowman with a foam finger and a Nets colored hat. And this is fifteen bucks. It's a little expensive for an ornament. Mm. And I'll admit I love s'mores. They're my favorite things. I get the s'mores frappuccino like it's a drug at Starbucks during the summer. <laughs> and that's a this is offensive to me. I just like, This it's is not, offensive. i like, oh, this, this
3: is cute. <laughs> this is an outrage. And I'm like, this is cute. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's not a s'more, it's a snowman. Let's be let's be real. It's a snowman I'm out bar. So. He's a s'more man. So this oh,
3: is okay. This s'more is, man.
4: <laughs> that hit late. I'm sorry.
3: Yep.
0: Yeah, so for me this is two this is two fruitcakes. It's it's a okay. it's cause you can as Sam said, it, it has the cute factor to it for people who like like that kind of thing. It's not for me. <laughs> okay. Okay, so now we'll go to the hockey round that we got the three hockey locals. Jill will start the devils.
3: Alright, so um I have two things. One of them I, I found, because at first I was like, this is kind of stupid, but then it's kinda grown on me, so we'll get to that one second. But this one this is this one's literally an outrage. So you know how there's those people who like go to sporting events when like someone like when when they're, like, a fan of two teams. And yes. it's just, like, they wore half a jersey, half the other. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. Plain stupid. Whoever came up with that concept, just goodbye. Get <laughs> off the planet. It's stupid. This one's the, kind of the same concept. But it's an ornament. And it's called a house-divided hockey ornament. New York Islanders slash New Jersey Devils. Hockey Christmas. Great gift idea. NHL ready to ship. That's literally what the, the thing is called. <laughs> it's $5 on Etsy. And it, it looks like it's made out of... Um, like a slightly sturdier ribbon, and yeah. it's like a flower shape. And in the middle, it says a house divided. and It's got like a little hockey stick with a puck. And one side obviously is Islanders. One side is Devils. And I just think it's stupid because I hate that concept. If you, if I ever, so obviously I'm a Met fan. If I ever marry a Yankee fan or a Phillies fan, or whatever, no, we are not doing that. <laughs> My kid can choose what team they want to th- th- what they want to root for, but we are not doing this. No, I will literally like yell at my kid if they ever have something like this in their house. Never oh, yeah. in yeah. my house will this ever. So this is a full-on five as well. Mostly well, because it's an outrage. Yes. I'm
0: a <laughs>
3: <laughs> Whoever made this, what were you thinking?
0: That's worse than my s'mores ornament.
3: Yes, it's that much, worse, than it's than much
4: worse. I don't find that
3: yeah. cute. Yeah, no. But my other one, the one that I first thought was kind of stupid, but now it's really mm. growing on me, and I, if I was a, 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 a sorry, Devils fan, I would kind of want this. Um, I found it on, I think it's called shine steep something like that mm. Um, but it's $90 dollars 89 Oof. 99 Oof. so it's a little steep Um, but shipping's actually pretty good it arrives between December 13th and 18th wow that's pretty fast that's kind of close um, but it's a mm. devil's hockey jumper and it's like a onesie ooh and it's, it's, like, the red uh, jersey with, like, the logo with the little stripe on it and the pants. It's, like, the black shorts with, like, the red and stripes. And it's got, like, the little cuffs. So it's, like, kind of, like, jogger style. Which So at first I was kind of, like, this is really dumb. But now, I'm like, if I was a hockey fan, I would want that. Yeah. So this is definitely getting, like, 100 on the cool ratings.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's... Yeah, it's not five. It's it's not like five fruitcakes. It's it's like five gingerbread houses, basically, opposite. No, I hate
3: gingerbread houses. There are oh five God. hot. <laughs> no, what there are is there are five salted caramel hot chocolates. Okay. from okay. Starbucks. So it's going the complete other direction. Yes. Then this is the fun scale. We yeah. like this one. So
0: it's, it's five on the fun scale. Yeah. All Pricey right. But good. Sam, you had the Islanders, so I'm a team near to your heart after going to the Coliseum back in the day, so.
4: Yeah. I, well, 2011, 2012, I was like at every home game yeah. because the tickets cost like $12. It was great. I mean, last row in the yeah. house. Hey, why was not? was great. Yeah. Um, so, I, I was going through gifts, and there were some like weird ones and stuff, but then I saw this one for $23, and I know it's a little steep, but it's literally a Zamboni ice scraper, and I was like, mm-hmm. this oh, is so hilarious. Cool. Yeah. I couldn't find it for other teams, so I was like, "This is like exclusive to Islanders fans." Uh, the user doesn't look super um, trustworthy, but it's still fun to look at. So uh, you might get scammed, but it's fun to look at.
0: You <laughs> <It's a laughs> worth it. Scam worthy.
4: <laughs> yeah. So, so that's on um, uh, the fruit, like fruit cake thing. 1.5. One point five. I couldn't bump it to a two because I was like, "This is cool." Hopefully, it serves its purpose. Yeah. I could not tell you any like user ratings, yep. but you know.
0: Yeah, that's that's fair. (laughs) I'll round out the local teens. I had the New York Rangers, and Jill, I'll ask you, what's the first thing you think of when you think of the New York Rangers?
3: (sighs) Hedrick Lundqvist. That counts. (laughs) Or the the
4: chant that they do. All I think about is how expensive I can not afford. like their tickets and how I can't afford to go to a Ranger game. That's all I think about.
0: Yeah, see, you you know what I think of when I think of the Rangers? Unicorns. Oh, yeah. The Rangers on their website, on therangershop.com, have a stuffed pink unicorn with the ranger logo in pink on it on sale for 20 bucks hmm. sounds
4: quite familiar about a yep. yankees unicorn yeah. that i uh, may or may not have seen
0: yeah so here's the description on the website this is add an adorable piece of memorabilia to your collection this year with the cuddly new york rangers plush unicorn its cute design will exhibit which team you hold near and dear to your heart excuse me i'll go barf up some glitter <laughs>
3: See, I feel like that would have worked for the Knicks when Kristaps was still here. Oh. Because, like, it's a unicorn. But, like,
4: I just think it's dumb for ranger stuff.
0: It mean, it's hockey. Hockey is about toughness. Uh, toughness is not a unicorn.
4: True. We don't know how tough unicorns are, though, guys. That's we true, have not seen are one. Are they real? Who knows?
0: They're, so, basically, I'm giving this the full five fruitcakes. This, I think, was the worst thing I found on any of my two, three years looking for this kind of stuff.
4: Yeah.
3: Can I just give an honorable mention to all the gifts out there for any sports? Mm-hmm. I thoroughly appreciate the household items, like the spatulas, what yeah. they have like, the team logo. Like when yeah. you have a burger and you can press it out and make the logo on the burger. That thing is so cool. Like all those yeah. things, honorable mentions. If someone got me that for my future household, I would be a little confused like why are you giving this to me as a gift? But then if I noticed the logo, I'd be like, Okay, this is pretty cool. I appreciate this. Thank you very much. <laughs> you actually
0: have one of those for the Jets, believe it or not. Really? Yes, I do. Wow. I use a tailgating, It's is awesome. Wow.
3: <laughs> I want one.
0: All right, and we do have a bonus feature as well. Last year we did nine. I this year is a tenth. Sam did some research because of the world's greatest mascot, Gritty. He's
4: oh God. just the best it's guy terrifying. ever. He's my favorite person on this planet, and I hope this reaches Gritty yeah. somewhere. I'm going to Philadelphia in March, yeah. and I'm going to a Flyers game. I don't know how I'm going to afford that one, but I'm going to go try to make it Gritty. I'm very excited. I almost ran the Gritty 5K, but it yeah. interrupted. It was like too close to postseason, yeah. so I couldn't go.
0: All right, so what? So what do you have for gritty?
4: I have to do two because gritty uh, deserves our utmost respect. Uh, I picked two things that he would like. Uh, first one would be a sequin pillow uh, with his face on there because um, he's very, you know, he's he's very like fabulous. So he needs a sequin pillow. That's going to cost you twenty four ninety five on Etsy, as well as I'm not gonna lie, I don't call him scary. But there's a nightlight on Etsy oh for sixteen ninety nine. That's exactly most, what I want. It's the most te- like menacing picture ever. I'll have to pull it up. Hold on. But I I was crying laughing. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. I'm like, imagine like waking up in the middle of the night and just seeing Gritty. <laughs> it's great. It's just like the most menacing picture. I mean, it's just his, he's just smiling for the camera. But. I think if I woke up and saw this settle on my wall, I think I'd cry. Yeah. I mean, I'd be a little excited. At first, I might be scared. I also, like, I'm blind, so I would just see, like, an orange shape on the wall, so I think it would be okay.
3: I would be extremely concerned because I can't see either without my glasses. I would be <laughs> so concerned if I saw that. I love Gritty,
4: though.
0: Yeah, so, those, so that's, that was some fun. I do think that these are gifts that will definitely get you remembered by whoever you give them to this year, so. That's a fact. So, thanks again for the time. Really appreciate it, guys. Before I let you go, let you plug your social medias. Jill, let you go first. How do people follow you on Twitter?
3: Um. Uh. Let's <laughs> yeah. go with my uh, blog page because my other one was just puppies, and that's kind of pointless. So it's um at the sports bra, but it's at underscore the sports bra. Yeah. That's a bra with an H. Don't forget it, because if you don't if you don't look for the H, you will not uh, find. I don't you, know what you're gonna find. You will not. Yeah. You will
0: not. You will not find Jill. That's for sure. Or
4: maybe some good deals on some sports um, bras. I, yeah. I haven't tried it, and I'm, I'm too afraid to look without the H, so I'm not gonna do it.
0: <laughs> All right, Sam. How about you?
4: Um. I'm um, S. deRose D. E. R. O. S. Five on Twitter.
0: All right. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. All right,
4: Thanks for having us. Bye.
0: All right. And that will do it for this week's show. I want to thank my guest, Jerry Foley, for calling in to talk about the New York Giants head coaching search and some stuff with Big Blue this offseason. I also want to thank Joe D'Aluizio for making the divisional round picks in the postseason playoff challenge on Show Me the Money. I also want to thank our pop culture correspondents, Santa Rosa and Jill Vanditti, for their excellent work in the holiday gift segment of this podcast. If you want more good stuff like this podcast, including my look at what the jet offseason priority should be, check out the blog over at justandthesuffering.wordpress.com. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. Simply search for Just and the Suffering on any of those platforms. You can find all of our episodes there, including the aforementioned holiday special, last week's chat with Russell Baxter. There's a lot out there the last couple of weeks, so, so be sure to go into those archives. Check that out. We really appreciate it. You can also follow me on Twitter at mphillips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. And tweet me at the hashtag Full Circle. made it the end of this week's show. Again, hashtag FullCircle. You made it the end of this week's show. Next week, we will talk more NFL playoffs the conference championships approach. We'll do some picks. We'll talk about the Australian Open. That's right, tennis is back, folks. The Australian Open kicking off, tipping off soon down in down in Melbourne, and more. Until then, I hope you have a better week than Saints. <laughs>